This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hey there, folks. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead number 321, recorded Monday, April the 17th, 2017. Easter Monday, in fact. Easter Monday, three, two, one. Three. So three, two, one. Two, one. I, I can always count on you to notice the quirks about our numbers. What, that it's counting down to the, us talking? Well, three, two, one. And I think you pointed out, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think you pointed out uh, pie when we did. Yeah, yeah. It was our pie episode. That was, that was fun. Yeah. So always, uh, always look forward to your uh, number quirk. Um ability or whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> and then we had our, uh, we had our dentist appointment a long time ago, our dentist episode that was 2.30, 2.30, get it? 2.30? Oh yeah. Or the dentist when you have 2.30. Good, good. See, this is, this is why you're here every week, man. <laughs> that's good stuff. Yeah, that, that's why I'm here. <laughs> One of the many, many reasons. So it is Easter. Happy Easter Monday, everyone. I know it's not a holiday for most people, but I had the day off, so I'm feeling pretty good. I had, uh, I didn't work very hard. Let's just say that. Okay. I want, you know, it's sort of like a holiday and, uh, you know, a lot of work I've been doing lately is for the Ontario government. The Ontario government has the day off, so I can't bill for any work that I did today. So I didn't work very hard. Got I did it. work, but I went for brunch, you know? Oh, perfect. Perfect. That sounds like uh, half a day off for you. Yeah. Maybe two thirds. Well, yeah. It was two, two thirdsy. Of a day off. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just, I worked all day, just not very hard. <laughs> okay. Well, we have a few things to do on the podcast today. It might not be the longest show we've ever done, but that's probably all right. Uh, we are going to announce an actor spotlight at the end of the show, so that should be fun. We're also going to get caught up on The Walking Dead news, but the first thing we're going to do, not going to make anyone wait, we're going to talk about our season seven record your favorite scene contest and announce... The winner. Cool. So this is always really, really fun. Um, I just want to say, though, a huge thank you to everyone who sent an entry. They were all fantastic. And this contest, I got to admit, is one of the most favorite things we do for me. And I, and I really hope everyone else enjoys it, too. Uh, just getting to hear people put their own spin on the show, basically, you know, with, with whatever they want to do. So just a huge thank you to everyone who sent in an entry. And I wish, I wish we could choose all of you as winners because you really are. Yeah. In our hearts, everyone's a winner. Totally. Totally. I wish. But I in wish a more tangible that. way, we have a specific winner in, in mind. <laughs> not in mind. It's chosen. It's, it's, it's well in mind. Yes, but we're not changing now. So, yeah. uh, so Jason, do you want to run through the actual official prize list for us? Because we have, sure. we've been adding things to it throughout the season, but here's the final 100%. This is what the winner is going to get list. It is, this is uh, quite the list. And so we're going to run this down. Uh, so the fir first thing we have is the, if Daryl dies, we riot crossbow mug. So the, the handle looks like a crossbow. It's, uh, it's friggin' awesome. It's pretty cool. I have one myself and, uh, it's not dishwasher safe. So be careful, but, uh, well, it is a cool we, mug. It's a crossbow mug. You have to be careful. Well, naturally. It's not, yes. it's not a toy. <laughs> no, it's not a toy. It's a crossbow mug. That's right. Yeah. All right. So, uh, next we have uh, a couple of MREs. So we have a, an MRE chili with beans dinner for two. So a nice romantic, uh, dinner you can have with your special someone, uh, with these two MREs, much like uh, Michonne and Rick did in that candlelit, uh, gymnasium filled yeah. with food. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's yeah. exciting. We have, uh, an, the, I survived a zombie apocalypse, oh, sorry, zombie holocaust on DVD. This was provided by uh, a listener, provided by Anwin in New Zealand. Yeah, her and her so, husband uh, worked on the film a little bit apparently, but she wanted to throw that into the pack, which is cool. Yeah. We have uh, the Super Fight card game from Skybound Games, which uh, looks like a lot of fun. Uh, we have a, a an assortment of Walking Dead stickers. And Chris, I hope uh, some of our stickers are in there, find their way in there as well. Oh, geez, that's a good idea. It's an assortment <laughs> of stickers, yeah, provided to us a long time ago, and uh, they've been kind of hanging around, but they're going in there. And yes, some of our stickers will be in there too. Good point, Jason. Awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. All right, next we have some Lego minifigures. So this is uh, near and dear to my heart. We have, uh, there's four mini minifigures that go in. Uh, so we have a Lego zombie cheerleader, a zombie pirate, a zombie businessman, and my personal favorite, just a zombie. Plain and this zombie. zombie 
is from the Series 1 collectible minifigures. Uh, this is a, a bona fide, genuine collector's item uh, that uh, should be held onto and will be worth actual money. It is, it is actually worth money. I think they originally came out, uh, when they came out, they were $2.50 for the a random minifigure. And now this thing is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 40, 45 bucks, something like that. You can sell it online. It is a uh, new mint in the package, unopened, uh, and it is raring to go. I have one and I, uh, I hold it near and dear to my heart, but I open my package because I always open my packages. But anyway, my minifigure is on display, but this one's originally in the package, still in the package, sealed, factory sealed. It's awesome. Very cool. All right. We have, uh, another, uh, couple of items from another listener. We have two pins. There's a Glenn heart pin. So a little pin you can put on your jacket and, uh, also in a heart, a, uh, a suck my nuts, uh, pin. So... <laughs> That's provided by Ellie uh, on the internet uh, from her UK Etsy store called Nutmeg and Arlo. I don't know if it's Ellie or L, but either way, Nutmeg and Arlo oh, is, L. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. is her it's, store. Uh, I pronounce everything phonetically. <laughs> Very good. As I read it, yeah. <laughs> uh, so next we, next we have uh, an item you picked up, I think, was uh, Nick and Norman's t-shirt from, uh, from the restaurant. Down in Sonoy, Georgia, Sonoy. that's right. It's a cool shirt that's kind of a parody of that Queen album cover where the four faces uh, of the band members are on on the album. This is four zombie faces on the shirt. It's very cool. I just watched a uh, a little documentary, a half-hour documentary on YouTube about uh, uh, the making of Bohemian Rhapsody. They took, it, uh, they took the original uh, master tape and uh, digitized it because you don't want to screw with the tapes. They're very fragile. But uh, they started playing the different parts, like highlighting different vocal parts and the drum parts. It was really, really neat. So you should go check that out on YouTube. Sounds cool. Uh, we have another T-shirt. This is the, the Talking Dead T-shirt, one of the originals. The original Talking Dead, or the Talking Dead T-shirts. Yeah, we've had a few made over the years, uh, and they are for sale uh, on our Redbubble store, but this is one of the originals that you can only get directly from us. You cannot buy these shirts, yeah. and I have these, a leftover. These stock. shirts are, are are only located in your closet or my closet, and that's it. <laughs> I I walk around in one like a lot. I wear them all the time. But this you get is, a whole box of them. Right? This has never been worn by me. This has been in the <laughs> prize closet for you know for this purpose for a long time, and there's still a few more. But uh, this is, yeah, it's a, another rare collector's item from the Never podcast. been worn, but you slept with it under your pillow a couple of times. Admit it. Never put it on my body. I'm not saying right. I haven't, like, had it in bed with me. Right. Okay. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's important. And uh, last but uh, definitely not least, we have a series of uh, The Walking Dead comic trade paperbacks issues 1 through 13. Yes, 1 through 13. So that's, if you haven't read the comics, that's a pretty solid start to uh yeah absolutely to where they're at i don't know what actually what trade number they're up to now but you know that's that's pretty solid right there they were in their 20s the last time i picked one up it was like 23 24 so it's probably somewhere in their 60s by now geez they were in the 20s last time you picked one up a trade paperback yeah holy moly you know i get behind you know and i haven't read anything past issue 100 so i you know i try to buy the trade paperbacks and i try to buy the books but i'm like sadly behind on both of those uh, collections. Right. You're, you're, you're buying them. You're just not reading them. Yes. I'm still, but I'm also behind on buying them. Oh, okay. Like I've only got like uh trade paperback, like 22, 23, and they're probably up to like 27, 28 by now. Okay. Uh, and same with the books. I've got book six and I think there's more than that now. Oh, there's like up 13 or 14 at this point. Oh, so. come on. Really? Yeah. You can't be that far behind. Time flies, man. Time flies and the man. walking dead keeps going. Yeah. So that's, right, so that's a hell of a list. That's a hell of a list of prizes. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get these, this out to somebody. And what we're going to do here is it was so hard. It was so hard to choose a winner. We've got two runners up and then our winner. And, uh, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm going to play all of these. So get ready for some, uh, awesomeness coming at you people. But our first runner up is going to be Brad on the gold coast of Australia. Congratulations, Brad. And this is the entry that Brad sent in. I was wrong. I thought after living behind these walls for so long that maybe they could 
couldn't learn But today I saw what they could do What we could do If we work together We'll rebuild the walls We'll expand the walls There will be more There's gotta be talking about is possible it's all possible I see that now when I was out there with them when it was all over when I knew we had this place again I had this feeling it took me a while to remember what it was because I haven't felt it since before I woke up in that hospital bed. I want to show you the new world. I want to make it a reality for you. Please come. This sure looks like a Broadway play of some kind. <laughs> Congratulations, Brad, in Australia on being one of the runners up for the prize. That, of course, was Rick uh, doing a monologue as a musical <laughs> set to yep. a musical. And it was absolutely amazing. Are you, are you ready for a Walking Dead musical? I think I am. Well, after hearing that, I, I might be. Because if it can all be as good as that, then, yeah. you know, that might be something that Kirkman should consider. I, he probably is. I mean, if they, they have all kinds of other Walking Dead properties and things, right? So uh, why not, a, you know, a Broadway musical? Oh, or even off-Broadway. I'd go see it off-Broadway. Not that I've ever seen anything on Broadway, personally. Uh, I have. I, I have. That's good. You I, saw that uh, Spamalot, right? Yeah, Spamalot on, on Broadway. Like, not opening night, but very close to the beginning with the original cast, which was amazing. And that is amazing. So you're right. Maybe a uh, Walking Dead musical is is in the cards, as you said. Robert Kirkman does everything else, so so why not? Uh, okay, our our next our next runner up is another very cool one. This one comes from Billy in Scotland. Shiting your pants yet? Oh boy, do I get a feeling you're getting close? Gotta be shite pants city real soon. Which one of you pricks is the leader? You're Rick, right? I'm McNegan. And I didn't appreciate you killing my pals. Then when I sent my pals to kill your pals for killing my pals, you killed mere of my pals. Nay cool. Nay fucking cool. You have no idea how no cool that shit is. But you're going to be up to date real soon. Oh yes. You're still going to regret pissing me off in a minute. Fuck yeah you are. All right. Thanks, Billy, for that. That is, of course, uh, Negan, if he were from Scotland. McNegan, yeah. <laughs> McNegan, so good. Uh, unique, you know, original. We've never heard Negan as a Scotsman before and uh, just really, really enjoyed that. I'm so excited about the new uh, Train Spotting movie coming out. That's going to be, uh, it just makes me, I just love the Scottish accent. I it, just love it. It is All out. Of them. It is out and in theaters, I believe, my friend. So you can see oh, it anytime. I can't go see movies. Well, there's nothing really stopping you, so you should go. Well, my wife would get mad at me. <laughs> Other than that. <laughs> okay, so there's something stopping you. <laughs> yeah, I should uh, go see it. I yeah. should go see it with her. You want to come babysit? Yeah, I could do that. All right. We'll talk about it. Uh, okay. Thank you, Brad and Billy, for those amazing entries. Uh, they are both fantastic. And I, what we're going to do, and this is a bit of a surprise but we're gonna send some walking dead or talking dead stickers to both of the runners up so uh, i'll be in touch with you guys for your addresses and we're gonna get a couple of stickers out to you guys because uh those entries were worth at least stickers absolutely they were amazing <laughs> they were amazing but our winner our choice for our favorite 
entry in the record your uh, favorite scene contest for season seven is this one. And it's a long one, everybody. It's over four minutes long, so everyone get comfortable. But uh, this, this comes from Glenn in sunny England. <laughs> Bet you thought you were all going to grow old together. Sitting around the table at Sunday dinner and the happily ever after. <laughs> no, doesn't work like that, Bats. Not anymore. Think about what happened. Hmm. Simply cannot decide. Hey, I got an idea. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe. Catch a tiger by his toe. If he hollers, let him go. My mother told me to pick the very best one. And you are it. <laughs> anybody moves, anybody says anything, cut the boy's other eye out and free to his father. And then we'll start. You can breathe. You can blink. You can cry in hell. You're all going to be doing that. Huh? <laughs> Look at that! Taking it like a champ. Ah! Ah! <laughs> Did you hear that? He said, suck my nuts. <laughs> oh my goodness! Look at this! You guys! Look at my dirty girl! Sweetheart! Lay your eyes on this! Oh, damn! Were, were you, were you together? <laughs> that sucks. But if you were, you should know this. There was a reason for all this. Red and hell, he was, is, and will ever be. He just took one, or six, or seven for the team. So take a damn look. Take a damn look. Oh. Oh, no. The, oh, my. That is a no-no. The whole thing. Not one bit of that shit flies here. Do you want me to do it? Hmm? Right here? No? No? You don't kill them. Not until you try a little. And anyway, that's not how it works. Now, I already told you, people... The first one's free. Then, what did I say? I said I would shut that shit down. No exceptions. Now, I don't know what kind of lying assholes you've been dealing with, but I'm a man of my word. First impressions are important. I need you to know me. So, back to it. <laughs> Buddy, you still there? I, I, I just don't know. It, it it seems like you're trying to speak, but you you just took a hell of a hit. I just popped your skull so hard, your eyeball just popped out, and <laughs> it's as gross as shit. Oh, hell. I can see this is hard on you guys. I'm sorry. I truly am, but I did say it. No exceptions. Uh, uh, uh. You bunch of pussies. I'm just getting started. Lucille is thirsty. <laughs> she, she's a vampire bat. <laughs> what? What? Was the joke that bad? People have died, bats. That's what happened. Doesn't mean the rest of them have to. Thank you so much, Glenn, for that entry as uh, the Joker doing Negan, or maybe Negan doing the Joker. Either way, <laughs> it was a performance 
for the ages. <laughs> that is awesome. It makes me want to go and start smoking again and drinking cheap bourbon for 30, 40 years to get a nice gravelly voice like that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> it's, it, I don't know if I'd call it gravelly, but it's definitely a, uh, it's definitely something. It's textured. It's very oh. textured. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. But no matter what, it's just it's an amazing impersonation of the Joker and the commitment I think that Glenn put into that of doing that voice for four and a half minutes and it being so good all the way through. Uh, it, it's just it's just incredible. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't know what else I can say about that other than it's it was amazing. Glenn, congratulations. And uh, I'll be in touch, of course, about getting all this stuff out to you, and um, and so you can start enjoying it. That's awesome. Uh, but but again, thank you so much to everyone who sent in an entry. You know, they're all fantastic, and like I said, it's one of my favorite things about doing this, just hearing these entries. So uh, you know, you guys are all making my life better by sending them in. <laughs> it is really, really something. And uh, maybe we'll do it again for season eight. I would like that. All right. Very, very good. Okay, Jason, uh, we are going to do the Walking Dead news now and get caught up on some of the latest news from this uh, thing we call The Walking Dead. Cool. The Walking Dead news. First item in the news that I think we should talk about is the ratings for, you know, the season seven and the finale in particular. And... So the ratings for the finale were 11.31 million. And the Live Plus 3 ratings, which are, you know, three days after the live broadcast, were up to 15.5 million. But when you just look at that 11.31 million number, that is the lowest season finale since season two, which had 8.99 million. And just for record, season three had 12.42. Right. So... Not amazing for The Walking Dead in a finale episode, but still amazing for almost every show on TV. Right. So it depends on, depending on the metric, what you're, uh, what you're comparing it to. If you're comparing it to zero, it's friggin' awesome. <laughs> it's very, very good. Yeah. If you're comparing it to other shows, still awesome. Yes. If you're comparing it to the highest rated uh, Walking Dead episode, it's probably a little troubling. Uh, and I would think that the production uh, organization is probably looking at that number, right? They're not looking. They're, I don't. I don't. You know. I don't want to say that their their heads are not based on reality or their opinions are not based on reality, but they're. You know, people tend to compare things to either the best or the worst, right? So you know, if you did something absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, you have really super high ratings, then uh, basically the only way to succeed is to continuously uh, beat those ratings, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and, you know, uh, death row inmates, uh, their whole lives are about the worst thing they ever did, you know? So it's everything's compared to the, the worst thing uh, or the best thing, right? <laughs> yeah, okay. I get it. <laughs> um, you're right. And, and, and so for The Walking Dead, this is not fantastic. Right. And AMC probably looks at that and goes, well, guys, like what's going on here? You know, last season, season finale was massive. Here we are at, at, uh, 11.31, but they still have the highest rated TV show on TV. So it's, you know, it's, it's tough to say that's, that's a bad number, but Piper Jaffrey and, uh, Piper Jaffrey analyst, Stan Myers had this to say about the walking dead and AMC in general. Uh, he said, we find the velocity of the decline alarming and see the implications broader than the individual series itself. AMC has been able to leverage the Walking Dead franchise to drive the cost per thousand viewers higher for the broader network and push affiliate rates as the network moved into the must-see TV category. As the sun sets on The Walking Dead and with limited demand for AMC's new shows, we expect AMC's growth to meaningfully decelerate beyond expectations. Holy, well, two things, holy shit and holy jargon. Well, I had a really nice time. I had a fun time reading that. I got to say, <laughs> I love saying things like the velocity of the decline and meaningfully decelerate beyond expectations. Yeah. You know, and I've, I've actually been using, the, not using, but I've been a part of people 
organized meetings where we discuss things like velocity. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, how, and it's basically in terms of coding, how much coding can you get done, uh, per week and is the velocity maintained? Like you, you know, you have the, uh, the rating of this is how much time I think it'll take. And, uh, this is how much time is remaining. And this is how much time I've done. I've worked on it. And those numbers should all match up at the end, but they never really do. Right. Uh, because it always takes longer than you think it's going to take. But the velocity is like, if your remaining work keeps growing, cause you, it's gonna, you think it's going to take more and more time and the amount of work doesn't, you know, increase, then your velocity goes through the fucking floor. It just is completely <laughs> useless. Anyway, velocity, uh, yeah, jargon, lots and lots of jargon, but a lot of fun to try and parse while hearing that. Yep. Uh, but what? So they're they're absolutely looking at it the way that I think that uh, the third way, where it's not the best. So sunset. As the sun sets on The Walking Dead. So what Stan Myers is saying is that The Walking Dead's decline affects AMC as a whole, right? Because they are not as, uh, they can't charge the same rates they can for advertising and stuff like that across all of their shows. And things like Better Call Saul and other shows into the Badlands probably don't get anywhere near the numbers that The Walking Dead does. So I don't think... The Walking Dead is what 100% floats AMC's boat, but without it, they're barely part of the conversation when it comes to must-see TV. So are they going to call an end to The Walking Dead at some point? I don't think they're just going to outright cancel it, but they might, you know, if the sun is setting on The Walking Dead, according to this industry analyst, does that mean that they're going to say, well, I think we have season eight and season nine and that'll probably be it. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's this guy's words, right? This doesn't come from the AMC people. Not, not that they would ever say the sun is setting on their show, but... But most likely there's industry analysts in a room talking to AMC people, and they're probably saying something similar. Probably, but how do you, how do you say that even with 11.31 million viewers on the finale, how do you, how do you say, guys, I know it's down a little, it's still more than anybody else, but we got to end this. I don't well, know. Be, for budgetary reasons and for financial reasons, you know, they're charging, they're making X amount for, uh, from advertising based on these numbers mm-hmm. and their budget is based on, uh, how much money they make per episode minus whatever AMC wants for, uh, you know, putting it on the air. Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be their advertising income minus an X amount, which means your budget's going to be Y amount. And then if your Y amount keeps declining, the show's going to get worse and worse and worse, which means the, uh, the ratings are going to get worse and worse and worse. And it's just going to spiral into the ground. And at some point, poor old Scott Gimple has got to go, fuck, we got to <laughs> end this thing or it's going to end on us. Yeah. That's the problem. You don't want it to be taken away. You want it to be finished, right? You want them, you want whoever's making the show to make it until they're done making it and they're done telling their story. You don't want it to just be, have the rug pulled out from under them and it all of a sudden just ends one day. That's, that, that's the worst possible scenario, I think. Yeah. We don't want the whole thing to go Gilligan's Island on us. No, or, or many other shows <laughs> that yeah. had that happen. So, uh, you know, in, in slightly better news, um, apparently The Walking Dead does hold a record or set, it set a record with season seven. And that was for being the top rated drama in adults 18 to 49, five years in a row. Nice. So I guess the average ratings across the season, five years in a row now have are are uh, the top rated. So that's good. I mean, there's it's yeah. not just the number. There's other things to consider too, like there that. Is. I'm pretty sure that The Walking Dead has uh, the absolute best on-set coffee of any other show in Georgia. I'm just, you know, I don't really have anything to base that on, but I just assume that this show is so excellent that uh, they've gotten the best coffee you could possibly get in the entire state. And that's a reason to keep it going right there. And how to keep it going right there. There you go. Coffee is the fuel of thinking people. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It also, The Walking Dead also has the number one best community of podcasters around it as well. And they don't want to cut, they don't want to screw that, do they? Worldwide. Worldwide. Yeah, totally. Podcast creators and listeners. Absolutely. So there's that. All right. Next item is that three 
AMC has announced that three actors have been promoted to series regular for season eight. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. No, he's already a series regular. Oh, uh, well, then I don't know. Okay, well, you got you got two more guesses. There are three of them, and um, I don't know. I, I don't think you're going to be able to guess any of these, frankly, but maybe you can. So give me give me a couple more shots. Uh, Alana Masterson? <laughs> nope. She, I, she may already be a series regular. I'm not remember. good at this then. Go. <laughs> okay, well. I pass on my last guess. The first one is is Pollyanna McIntosh, right. who's Jadis, plays Jadis. Uh, really? Yeah. I was surprised by that too, uh, which you got to think means that the scavengers are sticking around for a while. Yeah, we're going to find out what the hell their helipad's all about. We may. So there's her. Here's one that surprised me a little bit in a way... It's funny because this is a character that's been on the show for a while, and if you'd told me she already was a series uh, regular, I would have believed you, but she doesn't get that much screen time. Caitlin Nason as Enid. Enid? Uh, the spy. <laughs> the spy. Yeah. Does this influence? No, I'm not even <laughs> going to go there. <laughs> so Caitlin is now series regular, which is exciting, so maybe she's going to be around for the long haul. Good for her. And, Jason, you'll be very excited to know that your good buddy, Stephen Ogg. I got so excited as soon as you said the word excited, I started jumping up and down. I'm so, I, series regular? That's so excellent. Series regular. So I have to imagine he's going to stick around at least for the first half of season eight and probably write the whole him a letter thing. congratulating him and telling him how excited I am. You should do that. You should write him a fan letter. Ask for a picture and then ask for, yeah, I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> wonder how I would write him a letter. Dear Stephen Ogg, and just put it in the mail. He's so awesome, it'll get to him. Yeah, well, you know what? If, <laughs> if anyone can figure out how to get him a message, I think it's us. It's Canada Post. They can do it. Oh, probably. I believe in them. <laughs> Very good. So there you go. Stephen Ogg, Caitlin Nason, and Pollyanna McIntosh, series regulars for season eight. And uh, I don't know, hopefully that's a good sign for their characters. I'm excited. Yeah, I bet you are. All right, uh, next item. Will the Walking Dead TV show get ahead of the comic? This is something that uh, people are thinking out, be thinking about because of what's going on with Game of Thrones and its source material. Right. But we're not here to talk about Game of Thrones. So the Hollywood Reporter asked the producers of the show if it ever would get ahead of the comics. And I've got some quotes here. Scott Gimple said, With some plans we have for the future, I don't think so. It's unlikely, but it depends where the book stops. So if the book ever stops, then the show and the show keeps going, then maybe. So that's not really much of an answer, partly because I don't think the comic is uh, in danger of stopping anytime soon. Yeah, it's not a book either, which is concerning. <laughs> well, I mean, comics are books, technically. Book, comic book. Yeah, okay, all right. They're not it's novels. Hyphenated. Different. Uh, Robert Kirkman had this to say, I don't know if anyone sat down to do the math, but if the show is gaining on the comic book, it's at a very slow pace. We're expanding storylines, so every now and then we zip through the comic book, and then we slow down for a while and add a bunch of stuff that's not in the comics. There's not any danger of that happening in any way. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. How, how would you do the math, though? Uh, well, I don't know, just to What's look- What's the math based on? There's no math. But just to look at, you know, how far, how long it's taken them to get to where they are in the show as compared to the comic and, you know, maybe how long it's taken them to get through the comic, but you can't even compare the two. So, well, okay. So we've had seven years of the television show, you know, what was happening in the comic book in, uh, what's seven times 12 is 80, 96, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you know, in, in seven years of the comic book, we haven't even gotten to Negan yet. Uh, yeah, that's, that's right. It's 84, so, by the way, seven times 12. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. We're even farther away. Yeah. And look, I did the math badly, but I did the math. Uh-huh. And no, we're not going to catch up to the comic. It doesn't really seem like it, no. Yeah. Uh, and then for reference to, uh, All Out War, which is more or less, which is a storyline from the comic, which is more or less where we are at in the TV show right now, uh, m more actually than less. Uh, that was, that whole story arc in the comic lasted 12 issues. Right. And that, those 12 issues could represent all, you know, could half or potentially all of season eight, I think. Yeah. So, you know, if we're doing 12 issues a season, they're up to 160, 70 something now in the comic. So yeah, I don't think there's 
too much risk of, of the show catching up. Now, that being said, regarding the pace of season eight, Scott Gimple also said this, it's going to become, become a bit more kinetic and fast moving because that's where the story is going. The content is definitely going to be determining the form. So I think he's trying to say is that we're, we're in a war now and war moves faster than peace. So it will feel like it's going a little bit quicker, even though we may only go through 12 issues of the book. Right. So we have a story, a more kinetic story, but a, uh, a less velocity on a uh, number of viewers. Uh, so have, right. <laughs> You're back to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just, I'm looking at the, you know, uh, kinetic versus velocity, right? We're talking about physics terms here. So, yep. uh, yeah, whatever. Okay. So we got momentum and we're going to have more kinetic, a more kinetic storyline with a lot of momentum and not a lot of p- potential. Uh, so we've had a lot of potential up until now. So we're going to go kinetic on their asses and then maybe we'll get more velocity in the viewership. Uh, maybe you never know. (laughs) Anyways, bottom line is I don't think we're catching up to the comic book at all. Uh, unless they decide to like cut a whole bunch of crap out and skip over things, but. Or, you know, just do the same story a couple times over and then, you know, go in a loop for a year and we'll be fine. (laughs) Maybe another bad guy who has, they have to, uh, who initially has them under their thumb and then they have to get out from under that and then take them down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That, or, you know, we meet a bad guy with one eye, uh, called the Senator. Ooh, that would be something. Yeah. It really would be something. All right. Uh, now related to this is that the walking dead may not even be on the air next time, uh, a season comes around because apparently there's a threat of another writer's guild of America strike happening later this year. And here's the deal. Uh, the WGA, which is the Writers Guild of America, are currently in negotiations with the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which is AMPTA, A-M-P-T-A. And according to UndeadWalking.com, the deadline for a deal is May 1st, 2017. So that's like two weeks away. Yeah. And if there is no deal in place, a strike would begin on May 2nd. Now, The Walking Dead normally goes into production, uh, well, actual production, like actors on set doing stuff in front of cameras in early May. But of course, the episodes are written well before then. So at this point right now in time, mid-April, mid, uh, we have probably at least the first half of the season completely written in the can, ready to start filming early May. However, I don't think everything in the second half of the season is complete at this point. So if there is a writer's strike, here's the question. Would they start production and actually film and produce episodes for the first half of the season on schedule if there was a strike and they know they might not be able to complete the writing on the second half? Or would they just delay it altogether and not go into production until things settle down a little bit? Right. Just because of a, a, a story or an episode is written doesn't mean a writer isn't on staff when it's being pr- produced, right? Like when there's actual actors in front of cameras. There's a, there's a writer there. There's writers. Scott Gimple's there. He's head of the writing staff. Uh, they do rewrites. They change things. Uh, that kind of stuff, right? So if uh, even if they're in production and there's a writer's strike, production is still going to be hampered and there's still going to be uh, issues. So my preference as hard as it is for me to say it, uh, I would prefer them to skip a whole year. Remember what happened to the shows the last time we had a writer strike? They just kind of sucked for a while and then kind of went away. It was very awkward. Uh, poor Heroes started off great, and then there was a writer strike, and there was other problems, and then it never got its legs back. I would prefer to them to just for them to go, you know what? We're not doing this until this writer strike situation is uh, resolved. What they will do uh, is probably start producing episodes without writers or having writer, somebody, you know, Scott Gimple's got to cross the picket line. Uh, you know, well, it doesn't have to, I suppose. He could just go, screw you. I'm part of the writing staff. I'm not crossing that picket line. And then what do you do? Well, I think like you're right. showrunner's not there. I think you're right. I mean, he's the showrunner, but he is also a writer. He writes, he must be a member of the WGA. So he is most likely on their side of this thing. So maybe it's a foregone conclusion that 
if the writers go on strike, production shuts down because your showrunner's not there. And you can't really continue yeah. without the showrunner, right? I, I'm not sure. I don't. Well, I'm sure there's people thinking about it. How do we continue without the showrunner? We get somebody else to run the show that's not a writer. And then where's your show going? I don't know, because the writer's not there. We got the words that are written down already. But, you know, what if, you know, we need Rick to say something else because uh, we forgot to put film in the camera for one day. <laughs> Well, whatever. Can you if, imagine? What if, anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, we have to get him to sup- say something else. Like, well, who's going to write what he says? Well, I'm not going to cross the picket line. It's like, fun. get this guy over here to do it. He makes friggin' awesome coffee. I think he can write down what he thinks Rick should say. And then he does that. And then he gets in trouble from the union. And oh my God, what a mess. Just yeah. shut down. Just sh- sh- shut down. Nobody crossed the picket line. You know, skip a year. Uh, you know, so what? People what? don't get paid for a year. Well, I, I I wonder what would happen if they if they Fuck. if they did this. Would it be skip a whole year, or would it just be you know? I guess it would come down to how long this start strike was going on for if they delay, right? But the last one you referred to apparently was in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and that you know you're right that affected shows like Lost, which was huge at the time. Um, a show I was watching that I was really enjoying was Pushing Up Daisies back then. Oh yeah. Which yeah. that show got killed. That show died because of the writer's strike. I, I loved the first season of that. The second season I think got delayed or canceled because of the strike. And when it did come back, something about the show just wasn't the same. And I didn't like it. I don't know if it, if it was different people or whatever, but I feel like the strike killed that show. And yeah. that's probably going to happen to other shows that are, that are affected by this. Uh, I think The yeah. Walking Dead can survive it, but you're right. We may miss a season or just miss a year, pretty much. Uh, which... They do that. They've done that. Like, uh, you know, uh, Battlestar Galactica did that. They just skipped the whole year. Uh, Mad Men had a year ha- halfway through the last season, uh, a year break. Uh, the Sopranos did the same thing. Tentpole shows like that can survive a break of that magnitude. I think The Walking Dead, you're right, can survive that. Other shows that are just starting, that are awesome, are going to be forgotten about. Yeah, that's the problem. That That is a bummer for those shows. But yeah, I'm not worried about The Walking Dead, you know, dying and never coming back. But it will be a bummer and it is going to mean that we're going to have to fill our time doing other things instead of yeah. watching this show. So thank God nobody writes us talking about stuff, right? We don't have any writers involved. No, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have to worry about picket lines. Well, here's the thing. Comicbook.com, uh, they did an article on this and I pulled a quote out of it and uh, they said, the Writers Guild is currently holding out on a con on a contract negotiation, seeking more money for the folks putting pen to the paper for our favorite TV shows and movies. While much of season eight of The Walking Dead will likely have been written by the time production begins, the scripts are property of those guild members who are aiming to strike. Which I find it fascinating that the writers own the script um, to, to the shows. And I wonder That's if probably what they were negotiating for during the last strike. Oh, could be. Yeah. For more control over their actual words. I, I don't yeah, know. You can't, you know, I'm not handing over control. I'm just handing over the script. Right. Yeah. But you know, the copyright still is maintained, but even, uh, even then control, I guess, is a negotiated aspect to the scripts. Yeah. Which also means that I guess if there is a strike, you can't act, you cannot actually produce episodes based on those scripts because the writers own the copyright on them. Uh, it's probably more complicated than that, but uh, what they'd have to do is bring in alternate non-guild writers and redo the episodes. And I, I don't see that happening. Well, you know, it probably will. I, I suppose like if it cross goes long picket lines all the time to, uh, to work. Well, maybe, but for writer for ill, they do it. Let's think, let's keep our fingers crossed that this all gets sorted out and production doesn't get screwed up and we get season eight of The Walking Dead starting in October, like we expect. Yeah. I hope that's the case. Me too. Okay. One more item in the news. Fear the Walking Dead. Remember that show? I do. I do. I do. It hasn't even started its third season yet, but it was renewed for a fourth season just, nice. just this week. Uh, here's the deal though. It will be coming back for season four, but showrunner Dave Erickson is stepping down after season three, which is 
you know, basically done at this point, uh, production wise, because it starts soon or very close to being done. Uh, and so he's decided to step down after season three and he's being replaced with two people, Andrew Chambliss or Chambly, <laughs> I don't know. And oh, Ian Goldberg. And these are guys who were producers on once upon a time. I don't know if you've ever seen that show. I have. Jenny watched the first few seasons of that. Well, I, I don't know much about it, but they were producers on that show. They're going to step in starting on season four of Fear. Also, Scott M. Gimple is joining Fear the Walking Dead as an executive producer. Right. So, he, Hey, Scott, what do you think about this? No, that's a dumb idea. Okay, thank you. Here's your check. It was sure. <laughs> uh, D- Dave Erickson is also staying on as an exec producer, and he's signed an overall deal with AMC to develop other projects. So, oh, he's stepping up in the world. I like you. What are you thinking? I was like, oh, I'm thinking of this idea. I think it'd be fantastic for you guys. I like that. Let's give you five million dollars a year just to develop those ideas. It sounds like a plan, man. That's that's the kind of job I want. Uh, but yeah, so obviously AMC likes what Dave Erickson has been doing, wants him to contribute on a more, uh, high level way to all of their projects and their ideas. So, you know, I wonder if the conversation or if the idea is that he's actually stepping down or they said to him, look, you're a smart guy. We need you to like figure out a lot of stuff for us and someone else can take over Fear the Walking Dead for now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you can still be executive producer, you know, if you don't like an idea, then, you know, tell them to suck it and they'll do your idea. That's right. I do like the idea of Scott Gimple coming on though, keeping the worlds or keeping the universe consistent with each other, right? If he's, if he's coming up with ideas for both shows or at least overseeing them in some way, that's a, that's a good thing, right? I hope. So. Someday I hope to have an executive producer. Uh, credit on something. Well, you do this podcast. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Executive producer? I don't know. Maybe associate producer. Maybe on air. Maybe on air talent. On air talent. <laughs> yeah, well, on air personality. <laughs> Let's just say. <laughs> All right. Well, you got something. The talent's kind of stretching it. I think. Yeah, talent. There's some implications with talent. That there is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, Fear the Walking Dead season uh, three comes back on June fourth. So we have all of season three to get through and then season four will be uh, next year. Yeah, hopefully. All right. That is it for the Walking Dead news. All right, Jason, before we wrap it up today, we are going to announce an actor spotlight that we're going to do. And uh, it's for, drum roll please, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. uh, I think that's probably... uh, you know, who everyone would have guessed, but we are going to make some selections from JDM's back catalog of stuff. We're going to watch it all and talk about it on a future podcast. So here's the list of the stuff we are going to watch. I've got some movies and some TV. We haven't even discussed this. You've picked them out already? I've picked them out already. Sorry, man. Is it like early stuff that uh, we we don't know? Or is it like the the, the Big Bang stuff? Like all the stuff we know him in? Or what do you, what do you, Chris, why don't you go ahead and tell us the list? I'm going to, I'm going to tell us the list. I thought it would be more fun to, uh, to just, just drop it on you here. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Spring it on me. I think it's a good list. I think it's a, a good, um, cross section of the different kinds, types of things he's done. So, um, here we go. First movie, The Possession from 2012. Horror movie. Horror movie, of course. Yes, of course. Uh, we're going to watch Watchmen from 2009. We're going to watch the director's cut of Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, comic- I've been wanting to watch that movie again anyway. Me too, to be honest. Comic book movie, you know, so, uh, or, or movie based on a graphic novel, as they say, yeah. of the same name. And then a romantic comedy, which he's done some, uh, a few of called, this one called The Accidental Husband from 2008. Sounds awful. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Hey, keep an open mind. You never know. Uh, I will try. Well, a couple things. One, that sounds horrible. And two, I've never heard of it. So, oh my God, I'm worried. But that's okay. (laughs) That's, That's part of the fun of this, right? Watching stuff, one, you never would watch in a million years and two, something you've never heard of or something that you just think it sounds amazing and might not be, or sounds terrible and, and might not be. Yeah. As long as he's not, he wasn't on the bachelorette, I'll be okay. No, we're not doing anything like that. So 
those are films. And I, I want to add one more movie to this list, but I'm going to get to that in a second because we have a hard decision to make uh, on that. But before I get to that movie, um, two episodes of TV that he's been in that are not The Walking Dead. One is an old show from the 90s called Sliders. Do you remember Sliders? I do remember Sliders. I thought it was a great concept. Uh, you know, I never watched the show, but I thought the concept was neat. <laughs> well, we can get into the concept of the show when we actually record this spotlight, but it's going to be- Sliders always struck me as a more plausible Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap was kind of a good show. I liked Scott Bakula. It only had two actors in it that were regular from episode to episode. Everybody else was just basically filling actors for that one episode. But, uh, you know, it was a good show. I watched Quantum Leap, but the concept was like completely ridiculous. Guy can tra time travel uh, within his own lifetime for some reason. Uh <laughs> You know, within the, in your consciousness travels into the body of someone else. And in order for you to leave that body, you have to solve one of their problems. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just ridiculous. Absolutely, completely stupid. Sliders, at least, a group of people go through some kind of wormhole into an alternate reality. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds good. And it stars Jerry O'Connell. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I want Sliders to come back. I think it needs, needs to be rebooted. Maybe uh, David from... Uh, Fear the Walking Dead will do a Sliders reboot on AMC. Uh, you know, you can incorporate zombies in there. You know, you go to an alternate reality and this one's filled with zombies. It's a great, awesome. it's a great this idea. This one has an alien invasion. Excellent. This one's got magic. I think it's a great idea. You can basically, it's a show where you can do whatever you want every episode. Exactly. Much like the love boat. <laughs> of course. Well, we're going to watch Sliders season two, episode five. It's called El Cid and it had Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Okay, good. And then we're going to watch season one, episode one of a show called Magic City, which uh, is on Netflix and I've never seen, never heard of, but the episode was called The Year of the Finn and that's from 2012. I recognize that Magic City. I think I may have tried to watch that, but kind of gave up after the first episode. Oh. So this might be a rewatch for me and a reminder of why I didn't continue watching this show. All right. Well, we'll find out. I'd never really heard of it before I went looking through his catalog. So uh, we'll have to see. Okay. Now there's one more thing I want to add. One more thing I want to add to this list. And it comes down to two movies. Um. And the reason I'm leaving this till the end is because one of those movies is a movie from 1995, really early in his career, and it's called Undercover Heat. And the reason I'm not so sure what we're going to do here is that Undercover Heat is what is known, Jason, as a softcore porno film. Isn't it like a blue flick or what are they called? Maybe blue, yeah, softcore porn. And uh, it's kind of a romantic kind of, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, not really softcore porn. It's more of a, yeah, it's, it's hard to really pin down, but there may be some slight nudity and or adult situations. Okay, there's more than slight nudity and there's a lot of adult situations. Uh, and, but, but see, and, and I don't know if Jeffrey D. Morgan, you know, performs in this movie or if he's just the guy that's there to fix the copier while, while everyone else is performing. I don't know. But right. the real question is, do you and I want to watch a film of this nature just because he's in it and then, and then talk about it? Well, Not, it all depends on a couple of things. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, I don't know if it depends on a couple of things, but. I'm nervous because I've never, I've never ever really been into those kind of movies. We don't have to be into it. I mean. No, but I've never, you know, voluntarily watched any movie like that. Okay. Hardcore pornography, on the other hand, no problem. But you know what you're expecting. You know what you're getting when you, when you, you know, start up a hardcore pornography uh, video cassette. Because, <laughs> you know, I probably have some of those lying around. That's the only way it comes, right? <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. But. Uh, you know, it's the kind of thing where I, you wonder, it's going to be, I find, always find those movies kind of awkward. 
like just kind of awkward situations where there's like, oh, it's a kind of a, uh, a sexual innuendo and there's a little bit of playfulness and then they go into the bedroom and there's just kind of music playing. It's it's the production value that's bad and I'm worried about saying seeing JDM's penis. You know, <laughs> probably won't have to live through that experience because, like, uh, you know, can I look at Negan in the eye and take him seriously when, you know, images of his wang are floating around <laughs> in the back of my head? Okay, well, I... Here's the thing. I don't think I have a feeling he's not one of the, you know, adult situation performers in the movie. Right. And I don't know if you see any male frontal nudity. There's plenty of female. That's the way these things go. Right. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's just, do we want to, I mean, it's, it's, it's legitimately, you know, on his back catalog of stuff. It's on IMDb. It is a real movie. It stars him and somebody named, Athena Massey, and it's directed by Gregory Dark, or as credited, Gregory... Uh, of course it is. <laughs> as No, directed by Gregory, uh, sorry, credited as Gregory Hip, Hippolyte, 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 I don't know. Um, so it's there. So here's the other thing. I was considering that, or a movie from 1996 called In the Blink of an Eye, which is not a softcore porn movie. It's some kind of weird docudrama because it's directed by someone named Mickey <laughs> Mickey Dickoff uh but but there That's are, really unfortunate. Yeah. Name. It is, but it's um but there's a there's an actor in the movie playing a character named Mickey Dickoff. So it's like the director's kind of making a movie about himself. So some sort of weird documentary autobiographical thing, but it stars Mimi Rogers and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And, uh, you know, Veronica Hamill. So some known people. Right. Um, so the question is, do we want to do In the Blink of an Eye or Undercover Heat or both? Okay. So let's do Undercover Heat. Okay. Because I'm so uncomfortable by it. And so that, you know, usually when something scares me or makes me uncomfortable, I kind of jump all over it because that kind of thing that bothers me. Face your that, fears kind of thing. Yeah, kind of thing. You know, and I was thinking about all the other actor spotlights we've uh, we've done. We've done a few. It's been a while since we've done any, but uh, out of all the ones we've done, out of all the actors and actresses on The Walking Dead, I don't think we've ever seen anybody nude. We have. We have. And we've seen the one guy nude that you might want to. It's Andrew and Lincoln. Andrew Lincoln? Yeah. We saw his butt, didn't we? Nope. We saw his wiener in the, in the old in an old British TV show he did, which I can't remember the name of right now. Oh, okay. Well, then I got no problem. Let's watch the uh, the Undercover Heat one. You know, as long as we've done it before, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, if I can take Andrew Lincoln seriously when I've seen his wang, it obviously didn't stay in my memory. So yeah, no problem. Okay. Yeah, it was a show called This Life. It was a British uh, show. Sort of like, well, I don't know. I don't remember very well, but he was naked in that. So All right. I might watch that again then. Okay, very good. So quick <laughs> recap, we're going to watch The Possession from 2012 with Jeffrey D. Morgan, The Watchman, or just Watchman, the director's cut, The Accidental Husband, which is a, uh, a romantic comedy he's in, Undercover Heat, a 1995 softcore porn movie that he did. We're going to watch episode two, season two, episode five of Sliders. It was called El Cid, and season one, episode one of Magic City, another TV show from uh, 2012 that he was on. Did he do they make softcore porn anymore? Or do they just call that Game of Thrones? <laughs> Good question. I don't know. It's all on TV now. So <laughs> I think the production value has gone up significantly since the yeah. uh, the 90s. Uh, all right. So if you want to follow along or watch any of these things and send in your comments about them or thoughts, that would be fantastic. We'd love to include some of that on the podcast. And we're going to take some time to do this. Uh we likely won't record this spotlight until mid-May, so about a month from now. I'm thinking Monday, May 15th, probably. So you do have some time to source these things, find them, and, uh, and give them a watch if you want to play along. Cool. All right, so I'm looking forward to that, and that's going to do it for this podcast. The next thing we record, and part of the reason why we're going to take our time with the JDM spotlight is that in about two weeks from now, we're going to be recording our season seven wrap up crossover with Jason and Karen from the walking dead cast. That will be the first weekend in May. So look for that. It's going to be awesome. Uh, what we do is we do half of the show, half of the podcast, like on our show and half of it on their show. So, uh, you got to tune into both. And I hope 
many of our listeners already listen to them anyways, because they're very cool. I would assume they do. Uh, me too. Me too. Uh, and then, like I said, the JDM Actor Spotlight a couple weeks after that, around the middle of May. So uh, that's what's coming up on The Talking Dead. But in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, by all means, visit the website, talkingdeadpodcast.com, and click on Send Voicemail to record a message for us. You can also send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Talking Dead or on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Talking Dead. Once again, a huge congratulations to Glenn and Sunny England for winning the uh, Season 7 Record Your Favorite uh, Scene contest. And our runners-up, Brad on the Gold Gold Coast of Australia and Billy in Scotland for doing McNegan. And again, a huge thank you to everyone who sent in uh, an entry. It is amazing, and I love hearing them, and we'll probably do it all again in Season 8, whenever Season 8 is on. Right. Let's hope it is indeed starting in... October of this year. Okay, uh, that is going to do it for this time. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Until next time, my name is Chris. I'm the Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.